welcome to the Husker Cuscast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, with me on my cohort, co-host, cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on July 5th, 2017. We hope that all of our Cuscast listeners had a great 4th of July, but it's back to the grind of surviving the interim until the sweet sound of the whistle and the mighty kick that kicks off the football season. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, and don't forget our Husker Cuzcast Facebook page, Podbean page, and our iTunes page. We got pages galore! But let's get this back to kickoffs and kick off this episode with some troubling news from Oregon. Well, friends, they got trouble right there in Eugene City with capital DC, and that rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble, as in troublemaker. And I don't mean DC as in comics or DC as the Berg. I'm talking about a bird, as in Darren Carrington, wide receiver from the Oregon Ducks who got hit with a DUI on July 1st. And this isn't the first time, folks. He's had multiple infractions, including an altercation with a fan that does not involve bro hugs. Uh, you might find him on the field come game day when the Huskers play the Ducks. That's a doubtful and frightening thought. Uh, hopefully you might find him in a police lineup. But what do you think, Derek? What's going on with this kid? You know, I mean, this kid's been nothing but a trouble case since he's been in Oregon. He was suspended for the national championship game in his freshman year. And uh, I believe that was for drugs. And then he had another incident where, that you mentioned where he pushed a fan that the, the fan was hurt. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really say specific. He broke his arm. Broke his arm. Broke his arm. Yeah. He broke his arm. Wow. So, I mean, you know... He got in trouble for another undisclosed issue last year where we spent some time suspended. Now here you got DUI. I have to assume this guy's off the team. I mean, this is a lot of trouble for one kid. It's too many well, chances, don't you think, Justin? Do you think it's too many chances? You probably. By Nebraska standard, standards, it should be. But, you know, he missed half the, uh, the first half of the 2016 season because of uh, the drug test in 2015. And then uh, while he was on suspension – he got caught with an open container. And so, yeah, you know, not, not that that's terrible. It's, that's not the worst thing a college kid could do by no means. It sure shows but, he doesn't have anything be, be, between the ears, though, that's for sure. Well, perhaps. But, uh, you know, what I think is I don't know if this kid's suiting up against uh, Nebraska. Uh, but you know what? Hey, maybe this will level the playing field if uh, Stanley Morgan's suspension is – two games or longer. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not sure if this uh, kid will actually rejoin Oregon right now. There's just too much bad stuff out there for him. Yeah. Go ahead, Derek. I'll tell, I'll tell you this much. If that kid plays against Nebraska, I damn sure want to see Stanley Morgan playing against Oregon then. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But do we not, do we want Riley to sink to that level? I mean, I'd like to think he's above that kind of thing. And and he I don't think he cares what that Oregon coach is going to do. All he cares about is keeping his team in line and keeping his players disciplined. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe you ought to start worrying about winning a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of example does that set? You know what I'm saying, Derek? I mean, winning is great and all, but it's not everything. I mean, I'm sorry it's a cliche, but it's true. Don't you think? Well, I mean, it was a first-time offense, though. I mean, this is 
I could see if the guy continues to get in trouble or you start getting harder on him. But it was a first-time offense. He screwed up. And he Take owned care it. Of he it. admitted it. He admitted yeah. it. So Take uh, care of it. And, and don't put yourself at a disadvantage against a team that is already going to be a tough team to beat on the road by having to face one of their better receivers. This guy was predicted to be an all-conference receiver. I mean, this isn't yeah. some slacker. It was a guy who going to be riding the bench anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's a potent part of that offense. He's a critical part of that offense. So for if, if they lose him, hey, <laughs> it benefits us. That's all I care about. But it's still a strange story. And, you know, one day in the land of uh, college footballia, at some point it'll be a land of laws instead of a land of men. Or in hell, boys. All right, hey, you know, the – the, the last time that Oregon had a star player out was when Royce Freeman went out last year and Nebraska came back and won. You know That's I mean? Right. It was, <laughs> it was a great thing. Great things happen when star Oregon players are gone. So it's <laughs> a good time. It's a good omen. All right. Uh, Let, let's, just, let's just hope this year they don't end up going like three and nine again after we beat them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's hope, yeah, let's hope they discover the, the wonders of the extra point too, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. One, one thing at a time. All right, moving on. Um, Big Ten is going to try something interesting this year with uh, the addition of Friday night games. Uh, in the long term, I think it might work, but what do you guys think, yay or nay on that? Justin, we'll start with you. I don't mind uh, the Big Ten playing Friday night games because this gives me an opportunity to watch games that I normally wouldn't watch. I prefer not to watch Nebraska on Friday night. And, you know, we're playing Illinois on September 29th. Out of the six games per year that the Big Ten signed on to do, uh, they're going to send on for six home games a year, and no school will have will host more than one Friday night game per year. Uh, the only one that's worth a damn is Michigan State at Northwestern. I don't think that should be a Friday night game. But the rest of these, these are games that I wouldn't watch on Saturday. So it doesn't matter to me, really. Derek, do you kind of get the sense they're kind of getting their toe wet a little bit? Try it out. And maybe they might have more marquee games down the line, depending on the popularity of it. I hope not. To me, to me this is just the NCAA's version of trying to do what the NFL did with Thursday night football. And they have some of the lowest rating on Thursday night footballs because unless you're a fan of that team, nobody watches. And so I hope I don't want I don't want college football turn into that for one. For two, here's my question for you guys: Does these Friday night games have have any effect on the luster of the big uh, the uh, Black Friday game for Nebraska? Because I... now we're doing it now we're doing it on six different Fridays, and it kind of maybe. That last one doesn't mean quite as much because it's just another Fire Friday game. I think a lot of that's dependent on how the teams are doing. I mean, if both teams are underperforming, it really doesn't matter. I would argue that the Black Friday game is a lot different because, for the most part, nobody's working that day. That's just a bonus day off. It's kind of like an early Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving is, feels like a football day to me. So I, I don't think so. Uh, as far as the games that are playing, I mean, this, these are the games that we get to, you know, we get the luxury of watching on Friday nights when we have no lives. And uh, we got Washington at Rutgers, Utah State at Wisconsin, Ohio at Purdue, 
Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern at Maryland, Michigan State at Northwestern. Out of those six games, we all know we're going to be watching Nebraska. Sure, of course. Did, out did of the say, rest of those say, games. Did you say Northwestern at Maryland? Yeah. Did I, did I write that down wrong? Well, I thought I thought earlier you had said Michigan State was playing Northwestern on Friday I night. I thought it was Michigan. Wasn't it Michigan and Northwestern? Well, shit, now I don't know now. <laughs> Let, let's just say you probably misspoke on the Michigan State and met Maryland last time. It, well, for one thing, I mean, it, it piqued my curiosity. The other stuff almost made me fall asleep. But what do you think? How do you think this affects the recruiting and us getting the recruits out to Memorial Stadium? Will that be a hindrance, you think, for Friday night? Absolutely, Absolutely, I think it will. I mean, look, I, none of these high school kids, and, and I wouldn't blame them for, are going to miss a game just to come visit Nebraska, see where they want to go to college. I think I, I think it would actually hurt them a little bit to skip a game to go watch a to go to go do a visit. And I think that I think I really do think that hurts recruiting. And, and it's not just for Nebraska; it's for the whole Big Ten itself. I, I don't see much upside for these uh, Friday night games. Outside of the fact of, like Justin mentioned, maybe we'll get to watch a game that we normally wouldn't watch. But outside of that, I, I don't see a lot of uh, positives of playing Friday night baseball or football. Sorry, uh, Justin, do you see any long term benefits from this? I mean, once they kind of get the system down and once they do you think it has a chance? Uh yeah, I, I do, but I just want—I just want to mention—I just fact-checked myself, and okay. I was correct. <laughs> Which time? Well, this time when we're talking about the Friday night games. <laughs> but yeah, I think this—it's got long-term benefit. I mean, the, the Big Ten just signed a mega deal with all these different networks, and if they want to show six games uh, on Friday nights, mm-hmm. hell yeah, for that money. Yeah, who cares? I mean, nobody – Washington at Ruggers, nobody's going to watch that game on Saturday. It's going to get so buried on the schedule. I mean, nobody's, like, looking at their stuff unless you're fans of those teams. and be like, oh, i got to check out that game. Mm-hmm. Friday night, we'll probably be watching it. Do you think maybe there might be some emphasis from, like, the team, like, this is an extra special game. We have a chance to really shock people. They're not expecting much. Do you think they might – carry that kind of attitude into those Friday night games, considering how uh, singular they are. Cause you really don't have a lot of other options on Friday nights for sports. Well, true. I mean, you're the, you're the, you're the star of the show on Friday night. I mean, you're basically going against what Mac games. Yeah. Or, you know, shows that are probably going to get canceled the next year. Cause they're <laughs> low Raiders. But in any case, look, the thing is, I, I, the college football pe- fans have just an amazing, amazing ability to adjust to things. When they say they're not going to do something or it sounds stupid, they adjust everything to where it becomes the norm. I, I can see this happening with the Friday night game, especially if they have more marquee games and they put a lot of emphasis on that, you know, on how special that game is. A lot of it's, you know, contingent on where they're at in the rankings and if they make a bowl or not and what have you, there are so many scenarios, but bottom line is, I think that's, I think, I think it's possible. Go ahead, Justin. 
you know, Friday night games aren't anything new. The Pac-12, they play uh, Friday night games. Uh, the Mountain West, the MAC, all the all these conferences are doing it outside of you know the the, the big ones. Pac-12 is the exception, but it, this is nothing new. This is just uh, the Big Ten's way to get into that Friday night market. So they're just kind of getting so, their so, foot in the so, door. Yeah. So okay, let me ask you this, Justin. Then, so since you think this is going to bring up viewership, how many Pac-12 Friday night games have you watched? I don't have a life, so I watched several of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's proud of this, folks. He's honestly proud of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think that you, you made a good point. I think the Big Ten is kind of behind the eight ball, frankly, with a lot of these conferences, and we've got to make our presence known somehow. I mean, most people, all they really care about is Ohio State and Michigan. To be honest, from the Big Ten, no one else is really making waves nationally. So if they got to do this to do it, so be it. It's part sure. of the business. All right. So it's no, it's no surprise. It's that that the Phil Steele magazine is probably our favorite amongst the cousins here. Our favorite preview of college football. It's the most objective. It's the most analytical. There's no bones about it. There's no bias. It's wonderful, and it's thick, and it's huge, and it's worth your money. Uh, based off of the Phil Steele uh, 2017 college football preview, I have to say there are some interesting things in it that I might have issue with. Uh, Justin, do you have do you have any? Uh, okay, Derek, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I guess uh, my biggest thing is, uh, oh, I, I, I've lost my train of thought. Go to Justin. I'm sorry. Justin, can you compose yourself? And <laughs> you can't say freaking huge, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I lost it up thinking huge. I'm sorry. I'm such a teenager. Yeah, uh, you are. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we picked you for this thing. <laughs> no, I, I think I think what I got out of uh, Phil Steele's write up is it really tempered my expectations for this team. And you know we've talked about it before is uh, the lack of experience that's returning. Uh, the skill positions and, you know, and at all the different position groups. And uh, so when we, you know, when I uh, get the Phil Steele magazine, you know, I hurry up, you know, read about Nebraska, see what his write-up is there. Then I look at the Big Ten stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of set back just a bit because, uh, you know, Phil Steele, he writes his uh, first, the top four teams of the Big Ten all-conference, right? And, Nebraska has three players on offense and two players on defense. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it just, it, I was brought back to that ass whooping we took at Ohio state uh, last year. And one of the biggest things that everybody was saying was that there was a huge discrepancy in talent. And well, right now, I mean, Hard to from, argue with that and, based off of the evidence is. there. And yeah. an, an outsider's perspective that's looking at the entire conference, we're still not there at the top talent level right now. And so that is very humbling to me. Derek, do you think that that's part of the well, reason for that we underachieved so much compared to where he had us last year? We're kind of paying the price. We kind of 
made our own bed, basically. Well, I, I don't know about that. But to go to go with what Justin is saying, I, I mean, I, I guess my expectations this year never were that we were going to be with Ohio State and Michigan's just yet. The talent's coming in. Recruiting's doing well. I, there's no denying that. The young talent that we have, give them two, two maybe three years, are going to be top-notch players, at least I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is a little disheartening seeing, you know, we have zero All-Americans in the in the nation when I seen, I think, two Iowa State players that he had selected in there. And that's, that seems a little disheartening to me when you see somebody like Iowa State suddenly having more national talent than what we're having. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as the conference goes... Hey, special teams, we got three out of the top four for, I mean, we have uh, DPE in there at number two for uh, returns, and we got Jordan Ober in there for snapper. He's on the third team, and Drew... Uh, We're Brown. on our way, everyone! <laughs> Drew Brown is the uh, kick, the fourth kicker in the, in the conference. But you know what? I mean, say what you will, but those special teams guys can make a huge difference in these games. Very true, and... Justin, got to so, give it up for Lightborn. He's probably going to be a factor here, do you think? I mean, as a punter. Yeah, in the extended rankings, he's like 12th. <laughs> well, I hey, tried. The, the good news is he can't beat his worst punt from last year, right? That's true. Okay, all right. But surely he can't come up with a negative three-yard punt, right? But, but I just want to talk about, uh, back to that, uh, the all-conference settings. You know, yeah, yeah. the... the one guy that I thought for sure was going to be in there was what I thought was going to be our best guy on offense, Stanley Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't make the top four teams for whatever reason. I don't know if the marijuana incident had anything to do with him being dropped out. I was shocked to see DPE in there as the first team. But what do I know? You know, he might be going see, and that, and that, reports coming out of the spring about DPE and as far as Morgan, who knows? Maybe better talent in the Big Ten is going to eclipse Morgan. But, Derek, what do you think? That, that's kind of where I, I kind of question Phil still a little bit. Like, how much are you really paying attention? Because everybody else in the nation is considering Stanley Morgan to be one of the top receivers, maybe not in a conference, but de- definitely towards the top of the conference. And yet, you don't even have him in your top four. I, it kind of makes me wonder how much they're. I know they got like what twenty guys that work for them that are all looking at this stuff. Uh huh. But I kind of wonder how much they skimmed over some of these teams or something. I don't know. The, maybe, the one thing I, I, I'll tell you this: the one thing I hope to God that he they have wrong, which I'm sure they probably do, because the odds of them getting this right are slim to none. Yeah. For yeah. any team. Yeah. Is they have they have Nebraska predicted to go to the Holiday Bowl against Oregon. What is with us in the Holiday Bowl? We're like stuck I, in limbo with this damn bowl. I, I, I don't even care if we go to the Holiday Bowl. I don't want to play Oregon a second time. Okay. I think that game would be boring as hell to watch a second time. And we've had this happen before. Where we had to replay Washington after we beat them earlier in the season. We were so we were so apathetic we about it. We got up. shut out. Yeah. Practically shut out in that whole game. All right. Here's what sticks in my craw with it. You've got the Big Ten West. You've got Wisconsin at the top. There's no argument from B there. You can't argue with that. I mean, they're consistent. They're the cream of the crop in the Big Ten West as far as I'm concerned. Northwestern's second and Nebraska's third. That makes no sense to me. How did Northwestern get up so high? That makes no sense to me. 
Well, a lot of that has to do with uh, the returning experience. And that's a lot of what he's basing it off of. And Northwestern has one of the most returning experiences out of anybody in the Big Ten. And they have, you know, Justin Jackson, he's had three 1,000-yard rushing years. Going for a fourth one, he'd be the first one since Ron Dane to do that in the Big Ten. Oh, my God. That's that's heady company right there. Ron Dane, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Justin, can you go into a little bit more specifics, like briefly about the uh, experience and how that weighs in with Phil Steele's uh, uh, evaluation here? Well, his algorithms, they rely heavily on experience. And uh, experience and re- uh, the returners with uh, bringing in the, the all the rushing yards and receiving yards and you know all the, all of his complex algorithms that that's why everybody loves Phil Stills magazine because he's right so much right and and I'm not shocked that Northwestern is too in uh, the West just based off of the returning starters that Northwestern has. They, they have eight and eight on offense and defense. And again, Nebraska, we're returning Jack. We're not returning anybody at skill positions for the most part. And uh, further, on his experience chart, he has Nebraska ranked 126 out of 130 teams in the experience chart. And that's weighing, you know, it's, it's a complex uh, algorithm with uh, the, the seniors returning Letterman and uh uh, yards accounted for with the, the returners. We're we're just not there with the experience, and uh, so I, I'm not shocked. I think the that we have a lot more upside than Northwestern does, because if these star guys uh, like Tanner Lee and the the young wide receivers, they just yeah. don't have any stats to say that they're experienced. But well, th- there's plenty of upside. Soon. Yeah. Thankfully, I'll change soon. And the other thing is, I remember in the magazine that those are the key games, according to Philip Steele. Wisconsin, home game. Northwestern, a home game. Advantage Huskers, as far as I'm concerned. I like the way you're thinking. I have my moments. (laughs) Although, I must say, home games against those two teams haven't done us well in the past. That's the pessimist. History is made to be broken, Derek. Okay, and I think we need to end it on that note. Uh, that'll do it for us at the CuzCast. A special shout-out to Terrence Crawford, Bud Crawford, for fighting in Lincoln uh, in PBA. That is going to be a great match. I actually thought he was going to be in Memorial Stadium, but this this, this, this is going to be pretty cool. And then uh, also a shout-out to Brendan Radley-Hiles, also known as Bookie who had an incredible showing at the opening. Uh, you got you guys got to check out our uh, uh, Twitter, uh, especially uh, hashtag uh, Huskers, if you want to find out what all he did there. And you know what? Maybe because uh, Tyler was right, fellas, and we'll get a five-star player uh, on our roster in uh, Bookie, Bookie uh, Radley-Hiles. So here's hoping. Uh, if you want to hit us up, uh, visit us on our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean and Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. We're also available on iTunes, so don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at HuskerCuzCast at Yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or trials to your heart's content. The CuzCast returns next Wednesday. Until then, go Big Red! Go Big Red!